1: One constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Oh, another warm day here, not really another warm day, first warm day of a while here in Boston. This is, of course, Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio, Jeff Thomas, Jared Skelly, you know the drill by now. Uh, don't forget, this show is brought to you by our new friends at Reached, reach App. Um, it's a great service. You ask daily questions all over CLNS. So if you go to www.reachedapp.com backslash CLNS, you can sign up and follow us on there and you can answer all the questions. You'll get notification. When we post new questions. It's a great service. We use it all the time. I believe I asked a question yesterday. I just I forget what my question was. Do you remember?
0: Um, no, I don't.
1: Um, I'll, I'll figure it out. <laughs> but there, it was bad. a great question. <laughs> it's pretty bad. That I don't remember the question I asked yesterday, but, um, yeah, so go on and check it out. It's great stuff. Um, Jazz, it's hot out today.
0: Yeah, it's going to be like this for a while now. we got upper 70s the next couple of days, and then low to mid-80s, and then some more 70s. It's it's finally turning into summer.
1: <laughs> it's about right. I mean, it's May.
0: It's fair. Um,
1: so summer's here,
0: uh, weather-wise anyway.
1: Officially, it's still spring, of course. Um, Red Sox, on the other hand, have been struggling as of late. We'll get to that in a you know, uh, week. You know your question what well, was my question? Will the
0: Red Sox avoid a sweep against the Yankees?
1: <laughs> all right, I asked that before the Speaking game started. I answered no. I was right. Uh, we'll get to the weekly recap, of course, like we always do. Give, give you a heads up on what's coming up next week. Get to some Red Sox news, some opinionated stuff. I'm very opinionated, as you all might have noticed. So I get to that stuff. Of course, we'll give you some fantasy pickups. But first, Jess, let's start with some MLB headlines because there are a few. There were only a few this week, but I'm still going to give them. Uh, so first, the Milwaukee Brewers. Big one. But this is the big one. The Milwaukee Brewers have fired their manager, Ron... Uh as Is that how you say it? I don't even know. It's Reneke. Reneke. I don't know. I'm not a brewer's thing. Ron Reneke, Sunday night, after starting the season seven and eighteenth for majors. Uh they have named Craig Council as the new manager. It's big news out of Milwaukee, because usually it doesn't happen this often. So uh you gotta be doing something wrong to get fired in Uh next the Astros squeaked by the Mariners Sunday and now have won ten games in a row. And they do hold the league's best record. Who would have done? who would have thunk it if those lowly lowly Houston Astros out uh, leading them to league in wins with 10 in a row. Uh, and finally, Yu Darvish is out of a brace and is also pondering getting U.S. citizenship. So there's some news to look out for there. Uh, so those are your MLB headlines. Quick to the point. Big one, obviously, the Brewers firing their manager for right into May, really. Last night, Sunday Night Baseball announced it. It kind of happened. Um, Jess, what what's going on in Milwaukee, my friend?
0: Well, they're terrible. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> besides off. that, it's kind of quick, don't you think? Yeah, I don't think there's enough chance. If they play 25 games, that's really, I mean, think about the season. It's 162 games. We're talking about 25 games, and you're already, you're already canning the manager. What What if the manager won, they won on a six or seven-game winning streak? Then all of a sudden, you're just a couple of games under 500 and basically even with a lot of teams in the league. Then are you are going to fire a manager? I, I don't like manager firings, because I feel like they always happen too fast. I think it's always pinned on the manager, which I think a lot of the time is unfair and I guess there's nothing else they can really do, but I think it's too soon, I think it happens too often.
1: 95% of the time, it is the player's fault, because they just suck. But you can't fire a whole team. You can't trade away a whole team at once, so you got to blame it on someone.
0: Yeah, 4% is how it works, but clearly they're not producing, so they'll see if Craig Council can make a difference. He's young, but he was a good player. He had the weirdest batting stance in the history of the MLB. Hit. It really did. It was awkward he, to watch. So It was so weird. He put his arms like, yeah. like... Five feet above his head, and like twisted his body around, and it was very very odd. Oh yeah. So we'll see when he's a manager. We'll see if he does any weird things in the dugout.
1: I'm sure he will. <laughs> okay. Maybe he'll like practice. He'll he'll like reenact his old batting stance. Okay. Maybe he'll pop. Maybe he'll pop up seeing Altuve recreate his now his new manager's uh, batting stance or something at the play. Who knows? Plenty of stuff going on for the Milwaukee Bears.
0: That'd be really funny if if he was like in the dugout teaching guys to, to hit, like, hit <laughs> like he did. Hey guys, so I did this. Put my hands way up here, and you you get out there and you do the same thing. All right. Then,
1: this is what works, I promise.
0: And they win like 10 games in a row, and it's like, see, told you. Told you, yeah, I got it, see, it's all in the batting stance, boys. <laughs> yeah, so That's all I have to say about that. Um, yeah, man, the Astros, unbelievable. 10 straight games, 18-7, and seven. they were a 92-loss team last year, and now they're the best team in the major leagues. Who saw that coming? No one. They,
1: they were terrible last year. They've been terrible, I mean, they've been terrible before they switched to the AL, but they've been just as bad... Um, Even before that, it's just been awful, and it's amazing what they're—I'm okay with it. It's nice to see a new team uh, come out of the gate strong, but it's just awful. It's just crazy to see this happening.
0: Yeah, it's fun. They they weren't terrible last year because everyone was comparing their season last year to their previous seasons where they were losing, like, upper 90s, 100 games, and they only lost 92, which means they got 70 wins, which isn't as bad as 50s and 60s. Still not great, but— I think they they keep they keep rising every year and with the 70 wins last year now they already have 18 and it's barely May. I think things are maybe finally looking up for the Astros.
1: Who's been the spark on that team, Jess? Not to me to throw you under the bus here, but I'm going to I'm going to ask you cuz we're we're in the middle of it. Um who who's been the spark for that team? Who do you think?
0: Well, I assume Altuve. You have to assume, right? But I don't know for sure. Um but I can I can look pretty easily here figure out who Stupid ad. Uh yeah, well I'll do i two, uh, two guys hitting three sixty one. That will that'll help you out. There's your there's your spark. So I wasn't I wasn't kidding, it's him. And also uh their center fielder Jake Marisnik is hitting three eighty two. I, yeah. I saw a couple people just pick him up in fantasy, so he's definitely on the map too. But it's funny because they have two guys hitting under 200 and one hitting hundred and one hitting two oh four and one hitting two fifteen, and they're still eighteen and seven. So can you crazy. can you say pitching? <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, right. It's a funny how that it's funny how that works, Jess. You have good pitching and you win. If not, you lose. It's weird how that works.
0: <laughs> Wait, did we, are we seeing that somewhere? Or, I, I don't know. Maybe. I don't. Know. Kind of, kind of blew my mind there. It's, I, I'm not sure who it is, but seems like we've heard that before.
1: I think so. I don't know.
0: Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we're far fetched. We'll know. have to pick that up later and see if we can figure out what yep.
1: that was. Well, I'll dig into it. Do a little research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get my Google on.
0: Yeah, get your Google on. But yeah, the Astros—they just swept the Mariners. That was their. That was their most recent triumph. They won seven to six, uh eleven to four and four to three. So three pretty solid wins there. And then the rest of their winning streak sorry, they swept Seattle in four games. Three to two was the finally the final the final game of that. It was the first one. I was going backwards. Yeah. yeah. And then they also swept Stop going backwards, Chess. be right. Okay. They swept the Padres in order. Nine to four win, fourteen to three win, and seven to two win. Their offense is really kicking in those in that series. Then they also swept the Oakland A's, 5-4, 9-3, and 7-6. Those were a little closer games. And there you have it right there, your 10-game winning streak. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Loved it. I hope it continues. I really do. Yeah. No kidding. It's fun to watch. It's it's always fun to have new teams. No fun to have the same old boring teams. But really with baseball, it usually is different teams. It's not, it's not as predictable as, as other sports where teams win the same thing every year. Which I hate to say, like which basically the NBA is, is where that happens the most. and
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Baseball does not happen that way. There's always different nope. teams, different teams winning the championship, different teams in the playoffs, and I think that's how it should be. It's more fun that way. I agree. It's not the NBA. For sure. Definitely not the NBA. <laughs> and you, Darvish. Uh, I mean, we obviously talked about him in the headlines when he had his Tommy John surgery, so now we're just updating you with this out of the brace and uh, – he has a lot of time to think because he's not playing clearly for the whole year, so he's pondering U.S. citizenship. The, the article I read on Yahoo said that uh, Jose Fernandez of the Miami Marlins just got U.S. citizenship, so now maybe he spurred Darvish on to uh, want to do the same thing. So that's I like when players
1: do that. I really do.
0: Yeah, it's like, why not? You're playing here, you're here, so might as well be a citizen. It also gives you a fun fact
1: at any cocktail or party you go to, because then you can say you're a dual citizen. Right. That's always fun. It's always a great fun fact. I was told, random fact here, random random tidbit, I was told that I could actually obtain dual citizenship in Italy. Really? Because my grandparents are from there, so I was told that I could do that if I wanted to. Wow.
0: Maybe so I'm, I'm considering it,
1: because it'd be kind of cool.
0: Sounds pretty fun.
1: Yeah. But um, no, it's good for him, though, because, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool to see, like, it was fun watching Manny go through his debacle and run out of Fenway when he got his citizenship here in the US ran out of the with the mini flag. Yeah. Right out of ran out of the wall with the mini mini uh US flag. It was great. Yeah, that was fun. It's um it's fun to watch. I really do. I think it's cool that they get their US uh citizenships when they do and I think it's cool and I hope he does it. It'd be kind of a nice little tidbit.
0: Yeah. So hopefully get citizenship, comes back and actually finally pitches sometime ever.
1: <laughs> it'd be cool
0: alright well that's it that, that's all
1: Jess has to say I think, about these uh, lovely MLB headlines here so those are your MLB headlines and they're brought to you by lynda.com lynda.com go on and get your free 10 day trial you go to www.lynda.com backslash clns get your free 10 day trial 4500 different courses on there uh, if not more now uh, taught by experts you can learn anything, of, anything you can think of it's most likely on there so go on and check it out you get your free 10 day trial today of course MLB headlines again brought to you by lynda.com all right, Jess. Um, we're going to get to the weekly recap here because it's a lot to talk about. Um, My favorite. Going into uh, you, you love talking stats and recapping games, so we're going to. I'm going to let you do that. Um, so why don't you just take it then? If you want to do it so badly, just go ahead, start it.
0: All right, I'll start it. We'll go back to the beginning of the week first. the beginning of the week started first. With, hold on, okay.
1: Actually, Jess, l- let me okay. um, let me let me set you up here. Okay, set me up. Okay. Going into the week, Jess predicted a. Two out of three winning against Toronto, right? Yep. And you you predict we're going to sweep the Yankees. Correct. And I predicted you're going to lose two of three to Toronto. No, I predicted yeah. you're going to win two out of three in Toronto and get swept by the Yankees. Right? Is that right? Definitely not. No. <laughs>
0: what did I predict? I don't. I know. I don't remember what I picked. Do you remember? I'm pretty sure you said lose two out of three to Toronto and win two out of three against New York. I could, that makes I think I, that sounds I could be right. crazy, but I think that's what you said. That sounds. Well, we'll go with that. So
1: okay. So now recap and tell me what happened. Make, let me know if we're right.
0: Here. Okay. Well, I was right about the Toronto series. The Red Sox did win two out of three in that series. They had a nice mm-hmm. close game on on Monday last Monday. A six to five win. It was the game was actually happening while we were doing our show last week. And it was. the Red Sox were down pretty much the whole time we were doing the show. And then they squeaked out a run in the eighth and a run in the ninth. Came back and won six to five in that game. It was a Hanley-Ramirez sack fly to tie it in the eighth, and a Mookie Betts walk-off single in the bottom of the ninth to send the Red Sox home happy and the Fenway crowd home happy. Start the, the uh, home home stand off right. They won that game, improved to 11-9. and nine. Uh, Some highlights in that game was a Pablo Sandoval home run, and he was two for two with three RBI, and Mookie Betts had three hits as well, including the game winner. So they were your two. Hand off. Panda! They were your two guys in that, that game. Uh, Joe Kelly got a no decision, but he pitched six innings, gave up five runs, but he did strike out ten, which is a good sign. It is a good sign. So that was game one. Uh, game two was pretty insane. The uh, final score was 11-8 to eight in favor of Toronto. That was a, a long game with a lot, a lot of runs and a lot, a lot of hits. 19 runs, uh-huh. 30 hits total combined.
1: You know, do you have the, the game time in front of you for that one? I
0: don't remember. It was kind of long. Did I it? knew. It was four hours and one minute. <laughs> I thought it was four hours. I
1: I could have sworn I heard four hours. That was
0: crazy. It was insane. So some highlights in that game were the Red Sox got up 4-0 actually in the second inning and was like, okay, this is great. We already won last game. Got up 4-0. And then Mr. Clay Buckholz came in and gave up a nice fat five runs in the next half inning in the top of the third to make, Typical. To make it 5-4. to four. Yeah, everyone was all over him about that. and.
1: Oh, I was in I was not included, don't you worry.
0: Yeah, I mean I was I was too because that's what he does. He's inconsistent, he gives off runs, and he's terrible at holding leads. So, it was five to four. Four of the five runs in the inning were RBI singles. Can't can't let that happen. Too many hits. So if that wasn't bad enough. He moved moved along at the next inning in the top of the fourth, gave up three more runs. And all of a sudden it was eight to four and not looking so good for the Red Sox. They tried to hang around, they got runs here and there. Uh, Hanley Ramirez cranked a two-run homer in the bottom of the eighth, but it was not enough. Toronto won 11-8. to Buckles gave up five runs, four earned, six hits, and two and two-thirds innings. Another long, long day for the bullpen, and they were not much better.
1: Yeah, it was rough, and the pitching's bad,
0: and we all know that. So, all right, So that was all
1: gotta say. that's all i I got to say to that one. It was just all pitching. Yeah, it's a pretty rough game.
0: Then game three, I went to that game, so I'll be happy to talk about that. And it was a great game. Red Sox won four to one behind a very, very strong outing by Rick Porcello, which is exactly what the Red Sox needed after Buckles' a stinker. Yep. Boston won four to one. They got uh, Toronto got ahead one nothing in the second inning, and then Ortiz got an RBI single. Hanley Ramirez hit another home run. And that was his tenth of the season and tenth of the month to tie David Ortiz for the most home runs in a single month. Red- now he just needs a bigger history. helmet. Yeah, you used to Nap- get a helmet that fits. <laughs> I'm,
1: sick of, I'm sick of seeing it fall off, to be completely off.
0: Well, it's so funny. I was there, and he hit it, and then I was like, how much do you want to bet he doesn't have his helmet on? They show him the Jumbotron, jumbotron run it around, his helmet's off. I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> Always off. Always off. But that was all the Red Sox needed. Gave him a 3-1 lead, and Rick Porcello was shut down from there. He Don't believe he even gave up a hit between the third and seventh inning, and all of a sudden it was uh, a really low-scoring game after a couple runs early, and the Red Sox... Won 4-1, Porcello's final line was 7 innings, 2 hits, 1 run, 2 walks, 6 Ks, which was perfect. Bullpen only had to pitch 2 innings, and Koji got the save. And it's a good start. The Red so- it was a good start for Porcello. Yeah, it was very good, and it made the Red Sox win 2 out of 3, which was a great start to the, to the homestand. So all was well. My prediction was right. It was all great. They had a day off on a Thursday, and then May started, and... In May, and man, May they should have so stayed good. in April. Yeah. <laughs> they should have stayed in April. They finished April with a 12 and 10 record, which isn't great, but it's not it's not horrible either. They were over- had them a
1: game back of the Yankees for first going into the Yankee series in May. So. You're right,
0: 12 and 10. It wasn't awful. They were 13 and 9. So we headed in April. I mean, we headed into May out of April. <laughs> no, again, stay in April. Yeah, I'm cool. You need it. to stay in April. So Friday happened, May 1st, and that was a good game. It was close throughout. It was a one-run game, or tie the entire game. Mm-hmm. Alan Craig hit his first home run of the year, which is obviously good to see because it would be nice for him to do anything. So he did <laughs> He did do something. He hasn't done much other than that. But he did He did hit a home run, and it did give the Red Sox a 2-1 to lead at the time. But that wouldn't hold because the Yankees tied it at 2 in the 7th. And then our best friend, Mr. Alex Rodriguez, came up in the 8th inning, pinch hitting, didn't even start the game, I'm sure to everyone's. Dismay, who was at the game, who wanted to boo the heck out of him the entire time. Boo! Boo! <laughs> who called it, though? I did. And what did A-Rod do? He came up and hit a home run off Junichi Tozawa, gave the Yankees a 3-2 to lead, hit his 660th with Ty Willie Mays. Of course he did it in Fenway Park. Of course he gave him the lead. Told
1: you. Ugh!
0: it's terrible. I, what did I say? It was set up perfectly
1: for it him. Was. To make history at Fenway Park. I was kind of hoping I'd be even more right, and that he would pass Willie Mays at Fenway too. Not, I mean, because honestly... I love when he succeeds because I love watching everyone freak out about it.
0: Well, I prefer he just gets hurt right now and never hits another home run, and Mays can say he's still in fourth.
1: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Rod, if you're listening, Jess' Jess's reaction to your home run? Boo! Get hurt. Boo! <sighs> Boo!
0: So, unfortunately, that was that game. Tozawa got the loss, and the Yankees won game one. That was a tough Let's game. Let's stay in that game for a because, second, Jess. Yeah.
1: What do you think of the kid not giving the ball back?
0: A-Rod. That was pretty funny. I saw he was a financial advisor and he wanted to get something for the ball. And I mean, well, A Rod wants his money, so I guess if that guy wants his money, then if he caught the ball, A Rod's such a scumbag. I say he does does what he wants. <laughs>
1: I, I would. I honestly, I would have kept it too. <laughs> I would have been like, he doesn't deserve this ball, so I'm not giving it back to
0: him. So you take it, don't give it to him, and then give it to somebody else or or whatever because you don't want it either. I, I don't want. I don't want A Rod's balls. <laughs> Basically. They're all juiced up anyway, <laughs> in every way. So, yeah, that was that game. Three to two Yankees win. Bad start to the Yankees series, unfortunately, because that was a big game. I mean, the Red Sox were up two to one, and if they could have won that, it would have been three out of four. They would have been tied atop the division. I know it's only May, so it's not like it's the hugest deal in the world, but it hurt because it was a good, a good, solid game and a, a good pitching. Performance by by uh, Masterson in that game. He gave up two runs in six innings, which is pretty good for him. I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week from Masterson. <laughs> so that was unfortunate. That put the Red Sox at two and two on the homestand. Then Saturday came along, another close game, another loss. It was a four two Yankees win. Basically, the whole game was Brett Gardner. He had three of the four RBI for the Yankees. Just torched them all game long. He was two for four with three RBI and that was the big thing for the Yankees, the big thing for the Red Sox in that game was Blake Swihart made his major league debut, because I should have mentioned, Ryan Hannigan got a fractured knuckle off a foul, off a uh, hit-by-pitcher from Mark Deschere that hit his wrist, came back and hit Hannigan in the hand, and... What a weird play that was. Oh, and, like what are the odds of that happening? He hits his hand, hits his wrist, and then comes, caroms uh, off perfectly right to Hannigan's bare right hand, just sitting there. Oh. Yeah, with enough
1: force to... Do some damage. Right.
0: So, Hannigan's on the 60-day DL, so that's two catchers out for a long time for the Red Sox, and they brought up Swihart. We're going to cover that in a little bit more in depth. What a weak what a MLB hit. First hit in MLB. What a weak hit. David, good speed, though, and good speed for a catcher is important. It is. I agree. I was impressed to see him get down the line, because most catchers are very slow. I know he's young, but he was he was quick. He hit it to second base, and... Uh, Petit couldn't get it out of his glove, and Swihart just made his way to first and beat out the throw. Uh, He was one for three with a run and a walk. He got on base twice, which is excellent. So everything was good. I mean, Swihart got his major league debut. He got his hit. Wade Miley actually pitched a pretty solid game, I would say, seven innings, seven hits, three runs. Unfortunately, he gave up a two-run double to to Gardner that made it three to one in the fifth inning, and if he could have gotten out of that jam, it would have been very beneficial because the Red Sox could never get 2-3 Two to three run mark that they needed to get to, and they lost four to two. So now all of a sudden you're looking at a at two losses in a row and they had a possible sweep with Sunday night baseball coming up. I don't know if you have anything to say about this game. It was pretty much what I uh, said. Yeah, <laughs> no, you can keep going. I, 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 it, it, they sucked. That's Pe- what I'm getting. At. Dustin at a home run. That was that was good to see. He's got five now, which is awesome because he only had seven half all of, last year. Half a Hanley, half a Hanley. Yeah, no kidding. That's all you can ask for from Pedroia. He's obviously not a home run hitter, so you can hit five. No, he's that's getting excellent.
1: some clock back, though, that's for sure. It's showing he's healthy.
0: Exactly. So that was two losses in a row, and then we got to game three of the series, which happened just last night, Sunday Night Baseball, and started off very bad. Joe Kelly was pitching, trying, trying to get a better outing the last time where he gave up the five runs. Did the ten strikeouts, as I said, but unfortunately he gave up Five runs in four and two-thirds innings. Not nearly as many strikeouts. was not as effective. It got the Red Sox in quite a hole to start the game. A two-run homer by Mark Teixeira in the first was already two to nothing. And then two innings later, two RBI double for Brian McCann. RBI double for Carlos Beltran. And it was five-nothing. And then a couple innings of nothing. And then Brett Gardner hit a three-run homer in the sixth, which was not off Kelly, but he'd already done his damage. That was off Breslow. And all of a sudden... It was 8 nothing in the sixth inning. Looked pretty hopeless. Red Sox gave it a little go. They got five runs in the sixth inning. David Ortiz, RBI double. Pablo Sandoval, RBI double. Mike Napoli finally did something, hit a three run homer, made it 8 5. But that was all the Red Sox could do. They had one last gasp in the ninth inning against Andrew Miller, of all people, who's been fantastic. We'll, we'll get to him as well. But he walked two guys in the ninth inning, loaded the bases up for David Ortiz with two outs, and he hit a fly ball to center field that was caught. I'm sure everyone there wanted it to be a grand slam, or at least an extra base hit, but it wasn't. And 8-0 leads are hard to come back from, and there was your sweep, 8-5, Red Sox. False down, hope, yes.
1: False hope. They made me stay up last night. I,
0: know. I it was eight
1: If it was just 8-1, I would have gone to bed earlier. I wouldn't be so tired today. But no, 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 no. They had hit the, Napoli had hit the home run. God, I mean, I love it. He's finally hit, but... I, I Oh, God, it was awful. Um, back to the Friday game for a second, Jess. Yeah. You, the guy who, you, did you see the guy who caught the ball? You know, I told you, he, yeah. he, obviously he didn't give it up. Did you see that he made a Twitter? No, I
0: didn't.
1: He made a Twitter, and it's at Arod's 660 HR ball, and he wants to know what he you guys think he should do with it. And I hate to give this guy this kind of press, I don't, but, like, it's kind of weird that he did it in the first place. But, like, I'm scrolling through it here, and, like, he said, oh, I really enjoyed talking with ESPN Detroit today. I'll, I, what do you think Jimmy Kimball would do? Maybe I'll give it to him and see what he thinks. Like, he's getting his 15 minutes with this, and that, that's got to be a big reason why he took that ball.
0: Yeah, that's pretty funny. Well, I, I'm not able – I'm not finding the Twitter. I want to see it. It sounds funny. It but is it's... at A-Rod's
1: 6, A-Rod. 6, oh. 660 HR ball. Okay. And it should be like Mike Schuster with a picture of the kid with the ball and he's wearing a red Sox yep, hat. Found it. Yeah. What would you it's do if he really the ball? <laughs> com comical. Like he made a Twitter just for this. And I I thought I heard about it earlier when I was listening to Felger Mass here in Boston on the Sports Hub and he called in. And they didn't know if they believed if it was him or not, but called in and brought this Twitter up. So I looked up look into it and it's what it said. He if it, it, it's actually him, he's been talking he's been talking around.
0: Yeah, I see his stuff. It's that's pretty funny. Good for him for getting creative with it. I know, right? He didn't just give it up. I wouldn't
1: have given up. God, no. Um, If you're going to give it up, might as well get something out of it, more than just a couple souvenirs. Right. But, yeah, so overall, I just wanted to throw that out there and see if you heard of it. Um, But, yeah, so overall, Jess, two and four this week. Um, Got swept brutally by the Yanks. Uh, Now they're in, like, next to last place because the division's so close. Um, Who do you have? I know it was kind of an abysmal week, especially ending the way it did. But who do you who do you have as your MVP? I have one guy in mind. I think you might share the same opinion. I totally. But who do <laughs> but who do you have as your MVP?
0: Yeah, you got to go. You got to go, Pablo Sandoval, like you did. Oh,
1: the panda! He had
0: an insane week, and it's great to see him hitting the ball well because he had a little rough start. And you were saying, "Don't worry about it," and I I jumped on board with you and said, "Don't worry about it," and I, nothing to worry about. <laughs> now, okay, so there's us, a little bit to worry about. about.
1: It's a little bit to worry about because he can't hit right-handed. True. He's hitting sub-200 right-handed. But total batting average this season, Enough, not the season, last, this past week, 11 for 23. That so, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. 478 this week, four RBIs, a homie, has a four, also identical 478 OBP. He had five hits in the Yankees series. Kid is raking.
0: He had four and hits fun- in one game against Toronto, the 11-8 loss, 4-5. Yes.
1: I mean, granted, everyone hit that game. But, uh, um Look, he's coming around. This is what they signed him for. Obviously, he's been great. He's been great defensively despite the lack of production at the plate at the beginning of the season. But now he's doing both and hitting 4.78 this last week despite the Cel- – the, I almost said the Celtics. Despite the Red Sox <laughs> not doing so – don't know why. Not doing so well. Um, he's He's been the bright spot this week, I think, Jess. And obviously, you had some great starts in there. You said like with Wade Miley and Joe Kelly getting some quality starts. Porcello had a good, decent start in there as well. Um, you're getting some starts now, and that what the offense needs to keep producing. And it's hard to bail yourself out of an eight-one hole on on national TV. And they almost did it, but um, I, I definitely think Panda's the bright spot with hitting 478 in a week. I don't know if you can ever replace that as being an MVP.
0: Yeah, I mean he's hitting 326 for the whole season now, even with his sub 200 batting average against lefties, which makes the 326 even more impressive. He's really, I mean he's he's really hitting well now, and that's the great thing about the early part of the season is if you do have a rough start, he didn't have a rough start, but he didn't hit anything besides singles. But even if you have a rough start, you have a couple of good weeks, and all of a sudden you're back in the 300 range, and everyone's saying you're good again. That's, that's the good thing about having a few at bats is that things change fast.
1: All right, Jess, so we, we know what happened this week. We got swept by the Yanks. They're in first place now, what, 16-9, I believe yep. their record is. Um, wh- what's going on with these Yankees, Jess? I know we don't want to talk too much about the Yankees because we are, of course, the Red Sox Nation podcast here. But we should. We should because they're coming out of nowhere. We all, I picked them to be dead last. You picked them to be next to dead last in this division. Everyone thought they're too old. There were too many ifs in this in this rotation and this bullpen. And now, what's what's going on with this team, Jess? I mean, is it Andrew Miller? I mean, obviously him and um him and the rest of the bullpen are being successful, and he's being great for them in the closing role. Um, I think it is Andrew Miller, and I wrote in our prep show sheet just all capitals. Yes, like. Huge amounts of S's at the end of the S. Like, of course, it's Andrew Miller. He's the backbone of that bullpen. He's getting, he's basically giving you what the Royals had last year, as in a guaranteed shutdown back of the bullpen. And I think he's a big reason why they're winning these games, especially the close ones. Um, but this this team's ranking, Arod's being a decent contributor there as well. I think it's all kind of together. But Jess, what's going on?
0: Yeah, I mean, really, if you look at it, it's definitely the pitching. You would think you would think it would be the the hitting with guys like Teixeira and Ellsbury and. Gardner's having a good season, A-Rod, McCann, and those guys are doing good, but a lot of their wins have been low-scoring wins, like the 4-2, the 3-2 games against the Red Sox, and that's because you know you're going to get a save with Miller in the end, and then Dylan Batances in the eighth inning is nasty. He hasn't even got a run yet. I told everyone last week to get him in fantasy. I'm definitely sticking to that. He's 3-0 and <laughs> with a zero ERA, 25 Ks, and eight walks. He struck out all four batters against the Red Sox on Saturday. Looked fantastic. He's got nasty stuff. I hate things about Yankees players, but he's very good. and Andrew Miller's obviously very very good too. He already has uh twenty three strikeouts, only six walks, and he is perfect. In Save Department, he's ten for ten. He's just he comes in, he pitches his inning, he gets a save. Just like a close is supposed to do. So with those two guys at the back of the bullpen, and then they have uh Justin Wilson and Chris Martin in the middle of it, and Wilson's they're both doing really well. Martin has a 2.38 ERA and 13 strikeouts, and Justin Wilson has a 3.24 with nine strikeouts. They're a good lefty-righty combo, and then if they can just get enough innings out of their starters, I mean, Evaldi's been been decent. Adam Warren's had some good starts. CC Sabathia is 0-4, but he's, I mean, they got the win in his outing against the Red Sox. Uh, Michael Pineda is 3-0, so it's really what I'm seeing with them is it's good pitching, and they're just getting just enough offense to supplement the pitching and there's your 16 and nine record.
1: You know what it is, just those ifs, all those ifs they had are being answered. Yep. That's they had. Probably, I think, and this is me being completely biased. I think they had the most ifs going into the season out of everyone in the division. I really do. Cause you think about besides, obviously I don't know about the rays though, because they're just kind of, they're meant to have the ifs cause they're rebuilding at this point, but Red Sox really only had the pitching, uh, well, um, Orioles really didn't have too many concerns. They were just wondering if they could be consistent like they were last year. A Blue Jays, are, the biggest if they've always had is simply just can they sustain it for an entire season. Right. And then the Yankees had age, bullpen, offense, A-Rod. There's so many ifs that how could you pick them to do this well? And every if is basically panning out in a good side for them. And the biggest one for me was how they're going to handle the A-Rod situation, and they're handling it perfectly. Yeah, they They're they, um, they're, they're, they're playing him, they're letting him DH, he's hitting pretty well. Um, obviously the stress of having to, worrying about this home run record is probably making his average drop a little bit, because he was hitting pretty well at the beginning of yeah, the year. Yeah, he's gone way down. But I think once he breaks it, I think once he gets one more, he'll be fine. Um, but it's I think that was the biggest if, and it, it hasn't been too much in the news. I've forgotten about A-Rod here and there until the home run stuff's come back up, so I think they're doing well, and that was the biggest if for me.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's everything's worked out. They I mean, you, you. everyone was wondering how Miller was going to do, because obviously he had a great year last year, but over his whole career, really, he hasn't been that good, but he's getting better recently, and obviously he's figured out how to pitch very well, and that has not changed with the Yankees, so that was that was secure. and Batanzas being really good, they were hoping he would continue to be good after last year, and he's done that, and then a couple of bullpen pieces around him, like I said, and hoping that the starters do well enough, and they haven't done fantastic, but they've done well enough to get the record they have, and and uh, they're like the 6th or 7th best team in the majors now. So <laughs> I agree. It's weird to say all this, it's but crazy. it's it's what's happening. It's very true. All right,
1: we can move on from the Yankees because the Yankees are stupid. We'll hope it turns around uh, for
0: them I hope, hope they go downhill. But for now, they're pitching really well.
1: They are playing well. Um, someone who's not playing very well, Jess, is uh, good old Daniel Nava. Um, 146 average, and he got no hits in his playing time this week. He has a 217 OBP. Jess, I think it's time to give up on this dude.
0: See, I don't know with him because he always he's he's just solid contributor and he's been here for a little while now and he took so long to get to the majors and sometimes he'll have rough stretches and sometimes he'll get really good but the problem right now is he doesn't have a lot of playing time and when he does get the playing time currently he hasn't gotten hits so then everyone automatically wants to get rid of him because like we have enough outfielders and he's not producing right now but he's had some he's had some moments in past seasons where he's been really really hot and I I don't know I think it might my I go either way with it because obviously he's kind of an expendable guy because he did take so long to get to the majors and he hasn't done he has he's not like a premier hitter or like one of the best players in the team or any stuff like that. But he's so he's easy to get rid of, but I don't know, I just I hesitate to get rid of him because I know he has good potential and I wanted to stick with a major league team. Maybe it's not us. I but. think
1: they I think it's the problem for me is just you you gotta play Brock Holt. He's playing so well, and you have a guy now that hasn't got a hit in God knows how long. It's just you got you got to sit there and say, okay, Brock Holt's the one that's competing and playing well. Put him in their right field. I, I think at this point, Jess, you really are missing Shane Victorino, as much as I hate to say it, um, but you are, and he's he's lacking your depth. And I understand that, but you also need to play Brock Holt more. I think he needs to be your right fielder for now. Him um, succeeding is what has was driven you guys as a Red Sox team, to wins. And I think that he needs to play more.
0: Well, that's the problem with with when you don't get playing time and then when you do, you don't play well. Just like the Alan Craig situation, same with Nava. You play a little bit, you don't get hits, and then you have someone like Brock Holt hitting 350. Like, well, obviously you're going to play Holt. It's just it's just what it is, unfortunately.
1: Mm-hmm. I completely agree. It's stupid. Um, I think you're still having issues trying to figure out who's going to play and who's not going to play, and it's just a matter of you've got to figure it out. You gotta just decide who's gonna who is gonna be your guy and go forward with it. Um the Alan Craig situation is difficult. I think Alan Craig should be in there more often. I think he's just lacking reps. Um Daniel Navas just sucks at this point. Um I think you've seen everything out of him. I think he's peaked already, I think, in his career. Um Well he is I think like thirty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think Alan Craig can get back actually. to wh- I think yeah. Alan Craig can get back to where he was winning all star bids and in Saint Louis. But the problem was back then he was the everyday first baseman. So it's a matter of you've got to get him those reps. And what he, you have to consider maybe um, at keeping him and then getting those reps after Napoli next year because Napoli's contract's up, which we'll get to um, after. We're going to talk about this more later. But um, that's an obviously another concern. But the novice situation, I think it's kind of writing's on the wall. You've got to keep Brock Holton.
0: I was definitely concerning the age, like you said, he's thirty-two years old, and maybe it's not going it to get any better. That that definitely is something to consider when you're trying to figure out who to keep and who to get rid of.
1: Yeah, so we'll see what happens there. I really hope that um, I really hope that they they figure this out and Nava kind of either turns it around quickly or he just kind of stops playing, because you, I, you need to win. You need to start winning. You need to figure out what offensive lineup is. Productive enough to get you consistency, and he keeps changing it, and we keep getting people playing time and days off. And I get it's early in the year, but John Farrell's got to figure something out. And obviously, you can put some of that in Farrell too. But right now, I think the players need to produce, and the right guys have to play. All right, we're gonna move on here. Um, Just let's do our fantasy segment. Sounds let's good. get that. Let's get that going. Uh, we're gonna again every week give you our fantasy um, fantasy top picks to pick up for the week. Of course, our segment is brought to you by DraftKings. Um, Let's first, uh, let's just, I'll go first this week because I think you did it last week. So I'll start off this week. Um, my first guy I want I want you to pick up, and uh, you might cringe when you hear the name because if you play fantasy baseball at all before, you might not want to get this guy because you know he's kind of up and down. But I would recommend, at least for the short term, picking up Colby Rasmus of the Astros. He's sitting 293. Um, Right now, he's been on a tear the last week. I expect him to fall. I really do. I expect him to not keep this up. But if you need a guy in the short term while someone's potentially on a 15-day DL or someone's not producing for you at the moment, I would go get him. He's, again, solid hitting 293 right now, and I would take advantage of it until he does falter. I know, I know the name cringing, but trust me, I would do it for the short term.
0: All right, my first one is oh, another Yankee, unfortunately. but You're Loving the Yankees. I'm not loving the Yankees, but they... Got some, they got some guys and some numbers. Uh, I would say pick up Chris Young, their outfielder. He's had an up and down career, but right now he's hitting three thirteen with six homers and twelve RBI. He hit two homers in the last four games, including one against the Red Sox, and he's just having a, a real good season right now. He's giving you he's giving you average hits, home runs, and RBI, which is really all you can ask for. And I'm sure he's open in a lot of leagues because he's not a guy that you would think of as someone on a team because he's had a pretty inconsistent career, but. Right now he's hitting, so if you're looking for right now, go grab Chris Young.
1: Chris Young, good choice. Unfortunately, he's a Yankee, but I do back up Jess's decision there. Uh, my second pick's a pitcher. Um, I know Jess had some issues pitching-wise. He needs to find someone to pick up quickly in his league. Almost got this guy. Uh, almost got him. You talked yourself out of it. You had a, you had maybe one better option, but I, I still like him. Um, I'm going to give you a suggestion here. Dan Heron, uh, currently pitching for the Marlins. Uh, last week he pitched six innings with a zero ERA. That's right, zero runs. He's uh, finding his own down there in Miami. I think um, despite the team not playing too well, I think Dan Heron is finally kind of getting back to his uh, top of the league pitching-wise, and uh, I think I think he's a good value add. I think he's going to be able to anchor a bottom of your starting pitching rotation there, uh, give you some good starts once a week uh, when your uh, big guns aren't pitching. So I definitely think, I and I recommend Dan Heron is a good option there in fantasy, and I think he's got a good value in daily fantasy too, especially on DraftKings, and I think that um, – He's going to be low value for now, and I keep take advantage of him while he can, but while he's starting before his value continues to rise as well. in like daily Finz,
0: yeah, I think that's a good pick. He's he's a uh, it's been a good pitcher in his career. He just got to stay healthy. He's had so many so many unhealthy years, and that's the only reason I would I would say he's a risk to pick up. And the reason I didn't pick him up is because I found Aaron Harang, who was pitching pretty well. He's probably taken in a lot of leagues, but. I'm sure Heron's not, and he he is on the rise. So I think I think that's a good pick. Definitely definitely get him if you need somebody. And I'm going to give you another guy who's kind of an anchor for the bottom of your rotation, just like Heron. His name's Brandon Morrow. He's on the Padres. He's been on a couple different teams in his career, Mariners included. I know. Uh, he is two and zero for the season, and both of them are the last two starts. He's only given up three runs in the last two starts combined, one and two runs. DRA is 273 for the year, and he's always been a high strikeout pitcher throughout his career. He's inconsistent, and he gets hurt sometimes, but right now he's he's pitching well, and really can't ask for much more than strikeouts and wins and not many runs. So I say go pick up Brandon Morrow of the San Diego Padres.
1: There you go. There are your fantasy top ads from me and Justice Week again. Colby Rasmus of the Astros and Dan Heron of the Marlins. For me, Chris Young of the Evil Empire, New York Yankees, and Brandon Morrow of the Padres for Jess. Of course, of course, our fantasy segment is brought to you by DraftKings.com. Have you heard the news? DraftKings.com is crowned its first ever fantasy golf millionaire. Could you be next? DraftKings is America's favorite one-week fantasy golf site where you can win huge prizes every week during every tournament. Just head to DraftKings.com before tee-off on Thursday to pick six golfers and stay under the salary cap. Whether you're an avid fan of the game or just ready to try a new fantasy sport on DraftKings, it lets you experience golf like you've never had before by playing to win a life-changing payday. These are the biggest ones, one-week fantasy golf contests anywhere, and only one DraftKings has them. Hundreds of thousands of fantasy sports fans just like you have discovered DraftKings, and now it's your turn. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code NEWENGLAND to play for free in the $100,000 fantasy golf contest this Thursday. First place takes home ten grand. Enter New England for free entry now at DraftKings.com. Again, that is DraftKings.com. Great chances to win here with the PGA Championship coming up this week, so go on and check it out and claim your millions today, everyone. Um, again, that is our fantasy segment brought to you by DraftKings.com. Great partner. Glad to be sponsored up with them. Um, all right, Jeff, let's move on. So, what was that? got get my sheet back up all right there we go i want to talk about the alan craig situation we kind of brought it up before we went fantasy here just and we kind of kind of want to go with it because alan craig hit a home run the other day he finally got one first one of the season popped it over the monster um alan craig looked looks comfortable to play despite not getting his reps um but the real question here was where i want to start this argument in this conversation Jess, is do you stick with mike napoli in his troubles
0: yeah i do he's he's been a streaky guy in his career and he's. Had a lot of bad April's, and I think he's healthy. He's, he's, uh, maybe he doesn't feel quite right after his sleep apnea surgery. Maybe he's, maybe he's taking him longer to get back in the, in the flow of things, but I say you got to give him longer than a month. I mean, he's obviously not hitting well. He's hitting under 200. I believe right now he's at 167. Yeah. Two home runs. Yep. And seven RBI. Alan Craig's hitting 135 with one home run, and. Two RBI, so Napoli's still better, but Craig's not too far behind. Craig obviously needs more playing time to get better, but Napoli's still a better pick, and if he gets going, he's more valuable currently than Craig, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, um, I think the biggest problem, I, I, I'm with you. I would keep Napoli in. He's, shown, he's proven he's he to play well here. He's just got to get out of his funk. We know he's healthy. He had the sleep apnea surgery, so I think he's just getting back on his feet and playing well. And he, look, he had a great spring, so we know he's got it. So he's just got to kind of produce it, and maybe now with the warmer weather, he'll, he'll uh, get his game going again. The Alan Craig situation, Jess, it's just reps for me. I really think it is. I think he's still got the talent. I really do. I'm not ready to give up on Alan Craig yet, like most of Red Sox Nation is. Um, but the biggest thing with reps, so I think at this point you kind of keep him on track, you store him, and then at the end of the year when Napoli, when the season's over, you kind of evaluate where Napoli is, and then if you want to keep him, and then maybe get rid of Alan Craig, or you, kind of, you bank on maybe Alan Craig being your starting first baseman, getting him those everyday reps and back to where he should be. Um, but until then, I think you kind of have to stay the course of both of them. Napoli's going to produce for you. Napoli's hitting, what, six right now in the lineup on an average night, on a normal night. Um, I think that's a good spot for him now, especially with Panda and Hanley hitting so well. You're, you're not going to need to put as much pressure on him. And he, when, he's been coming up big every once in a while here, obviously with the three-run home run to make it a game last night on ESPN for Sunday Night Baseball. Um, look, I think Napoli's just, like you said, Jeff, he's a streaky player. Um, as much as a lot of fans, Red Sox are booing him and telling everyone he sucks and he shouldn't play anymore. I, I think you can't, it's too early to do that. It's May. We're sitting here telling you it's too early to fire a manager. It's too early to give up on Mike Napoli, too. And I, I think you're going to have to stick with them on that one.
0: You got it. You got to stick with the guys who have done it in the past. Um,
1: do you want – okay, I'm going to kind of side cop topic here, Jess. Do you want to keep Alan Craig?
0: I want to see what he's capable of. He was so good before, and I just want to see if he still has that. He's 30 years old. He's not, it's not like he's like 37 or 38. you think he can still produce like that, and I want to see it happen. But it needs to happen soon. And that's
1: where it comes in, is if, if they're going to find the playing time for him. Um, I don't like Alan Craig in right field at Fenway, so it's kind of a problem. Uh, you can't. I don't really trust him playing every day in right field there, so that's kind of why Nav and Brock Holt have been playing. I don't
0: know if this is a place on the team for him.
1: That's the problem. And you got to think maybe you got to get – but he's got to get him in, because if they do want to get rid of him, he's got to play to show that he can still play. So, well, that's the
0: thing, because now if you're, if you're sitting here and it's like the middle of June or even, say, like July 1st, and if he's still hitting like 150 – with, like, three home runs, like, nobody's going to want him and nobody's going to be sold that he could get anywhere near as good as he was before on the wrong side of 30 now. So, like, it's, I hate to say, like, these are, like, two of the most important months of his career. That's that's pretty
1: So true, it's though. Dramatic, it's, so true. It is, yeah. it's so true. It's so true. It's so true. So we'll leave it at that. I don't want to bring up too much because he really isn't playing much enough to talk to him about him that much. But it kind of factors in because Napoli struggles. But I think you kind of have to stay the course here, Red Sox fans, and see what you get. Out of Napoli, leading up to the All Star break in July, I think that's when you kind of have to evaluate what you got. But um, let's move on here. Obviously, big news for the Red Sox is you're already a depleted position in the catcher situation. Obviously, Vasquez was hurt early in the spring training, and now you got Bra uh, Hannigan, good old Handy, going down. Like you said, Jess earlier, that weird play ended up getting a foul ball. Was it a foul? No, it went off of um, hit by a pitch. Hit by a pitch. Went off of, I don't, do you remember who not hitting? I don't yeah, remember. it was
0: Mark Teixeira off his wrist off Hannigan's hand.
1: Yeah, Teixeira got hit off the wrist, went off directly on Hannigan's hand. Um, part of that was Hannigan's fault because his hand was, was not behind his back like it should have been yeah, when he was catching. It was, out, it was out in the open. But um, still a weird play nonetheless because the odds of that happening aren't great anyway. No, definitely. But um, so he, he was put on the 60-day DL, had surgery, um, and now he's not expected back until at least after the all-star break at the earliest is right after the all-star break. So they uh, decided to call up good old um, Blake Swihart. And like you said, he made his major league debut over the weekend, got his first major league hit out of the way in his first game, which is big. And look, this guy's going to be great. I know it. We know he's going to be great. Um, He has an athletic body, which is great for it, for it to be a successful catcher. Athletic helps you block the ball behind the plate better. Um, Usually it makes your career last longer because you're not as pudgy. So it's not as much wear and tear on your knees. Um, this guy's going to be a contactor, but can pop the ball out We We all know the logistics of Blake's Swihart. My concern is, did they call him up too soon?
0: Well, here's what I think about it. I wouldn't have wanted him to come up this soon normally, but nobody expected Vasquez to get hurt, and once he got hurt, you wouldn't expect your other catcher, Hannigan, to get hurt as well. It's not It's not often that two catchers get hurt for a long period of time over a over a bunch of months, so it's it really just kind of fell into place, and I, I mean, I hope he's ready, but it makes sense, because you have this guy who's one of the top prospects in Major League Baseball, and here you go, your two catchers to get, <laughs> get hurt for all, the whole year and most of the year, and now you're sitting here with Swihart, like, why wouldn't you bring him up? It's just, it just would
1: you sense. Wouldn't you consider uh, calling Quintero up and letting him? uh Swyhart, stay down to triple A and be the everyday catcher no questions asked and just keep getting reps.
0: Well that would make sense to see if Kintero is capable of anything, but I mean we know his, his history and Sandy Leon's history and they're they're pretty poor hitters and obviously the Red Sox, if your pitching already isn't that good, you don't want to have one spot in the lineup basically guaranteed out. So I think yeah. I think that's what they, that's why they did it, 'cause they want, they know Swyhart's a good hitter and they figure he's still better even at this ripe age than those other two guys are to have a better spot of hitting in the lineup. Well, I will say he looked comfortable at the plate, Jess. He really did. Um, he, he, he
1: had nice long at bats. He nine, nine pitches kept, for
0: his first at bat.
1: Exactly. Kept some eyes off, kept some, um, some swings off of tough pitches to lay off for even veterans. So look, he's He's fine. I think he, I think at this point it's, you kind of have to, um, they must they must have seen something in AAA. A. what was he hitting? He was hitting three something in AAA, A, like three forty something or something crazy like that. That's pretty solid. So clearly they see that they think he's ready to be up here, um, especially considering the circumstances. But just now do we consider the Red Sox regretful at all for not going after Salty? Um he I know tomorrow he officially will go on to waivers if he if the Marlins cannot find a trade partner for him. Do, should the Red Sox have made an, more of an effort to go after Salty, and now do they regret it because now they have the situation that they're in? <laughs> sorry.
0: Uh, I, would, I would say... You should be
1: sorry. <laughs> Stop
0: coughing. <laughs> like right the second I started talking, I was like... Um, I would say, I want to say that they'd be sorry because he was here and people liked him and everything, but the way I see it is if they, if they got him here, based on how he's hit so far, it would probably just be the same thing as having Leon or Quintero catching every day because as we know Salty was hitting 69 this year 2 for 29 <laughs> terrible <laughs> just awful just, just right awful next to his batting yeah <laughs> put a number exactly down. and that's the, it's the same thing as those guys so like you're basically running in the same situation so I don't think they regret that because I don't think it would have changed much
1: I would have liked to see him only because it would have a little bit of veteran presence. Um, I'm not mad about it by any means. I don't think it's like going to make or break the situation here, but I wouldn't have minded them going after him. But again, he, he was inconsistent at the plate, his, and his defensive catching wasn't to go brag about and worth his offensive struggles. He did hit pretty well while he was here, but I don't think coming back to Boston would just automatically click back into the 300s batting average. So I, I don't think it's really a big deal. I think at this point, you kind of let Swihart play till the All-Star break, see what he's got, and you never know. The Red Sox might have a tough situation in their hands when um, Hannigan comes back. You might see Sandy Leon be gone if if they think Swihart can come back here and be the uh, backup catcher. Yeah, it's like who do you? What, what, if not, he could be this? the he could become the everyday catcher come the All-Star break if he plays well. And Hannigan comes back. You could right. see Hannigan go back into that backup catcher role, which he was supposed to be until Vasquez got hurt, and send Leon packing, and let Swyhart be your everyday guy. That's, so you that's never know if he going to
0: If Swyhart's so good, make Hannigan the backup. That would be interesting.
1: So you got plenty of baseball. He's going to be up here now for a while. He's, he might be up here to stay. Um, You've got about you got two months now of baseball, just Swyhart catching. Most, most of the games, probably. So um, keep an eye out. You, you, this is the, guy, the future. He's, what, 23 years old? Yep. This guy's the best catching prospect in the game. Um, you get a chance to watch him every night if you're here in the Boston area, Red Sox fans. So just kind of enjoy it. Um, go up, we're going to go up and downs with him in his process, but just kind of enjoy what you see because this guy's going to be it. He's got five tools. And I hate to use the old cliche of that, Jess, but he really is a five-tool player. You can see it already.
0: Yeah, between his speed and his catching ability, and clearly he's a great hitter. It's like, it's, it's good news. I'm huh? I wasn't excited to see him because I didn't expect him to come up so soon, so I didn't really, like, prepare myself for it. But now that he's here, I'm ready. I'm ready to see him play.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm intrigued. Obviously, I was really happy to see Vasquez get the chance this year, but now that's why it's up here, I'm intrigued to see what we got and and get the kid going. But, yes, we're almost out of time here, so we're going to get going here to the final segment of the show this week on Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio, and it's going to be a preview. We gave you what happened this past week. Red Sox are looking forward to bounce back from that. this week they have three versus the Rays at home and then they start after that, they end the long road trip there and then they go and start a nice long road trip after the homestand starting at three. I think it's three against Toronto. And then next week they are on the West coast
0: playing Seattle.
1: We'll preview that next week on Red Sox beat, but that's just kind of where they're going. That's where the road trip's starting to go to Toronto and then they're out West. So get, be prepared to stay up long nights if you want to watch all the games here, folks. Um, but, yeah, so let's look forward to this week, Here We've got three against the Rays. Um, Monday night game right now just underway as we're about to finish here recording. Um, what, what do you look forward to in both these series?
0: I look forward to a sweep against the Rays because I, th- Payback, baby. I think that they're going to be angry about, not even about what happened in the Rays series before, just about just what happened in the Yankees series, losing three in a row at home. I know nobody's going to be happy about that. I think the veterans in the club, Ortiz, Pedroia, people like that, are going to say that we're not we're not putting up with getting swept by the Yankees at home. It's like this crap's not going to be happening. I think they're going to come out firing in the uh, in the race series since it's still home, three more games at home. I think they're going to be angry. I think they're going to sweep them.
1: Yeah, I think they're going to sweep the Rays. I do. Woo! The Rays are a bad. The Rays. I'm I'm on board that because the Rays are a bad team, and. I know the Red Sox are having their struggles, but they're not going to lose four in a row. They're probably going to win Monday night. I mean, I'm my prediction—they're going to win every night. But um I don't see them losing to the Rays again. They're just a bad team. Pitching's not better there than
0: us right now, but I well,
1: I know. But my point is, it's not there just like ours is. And, but the difference is, we have a much better offensive lineup than they do. Their only guy they really have to worry about is Evan Longoria. Right. We have a top-to-bottom great offensive lineup, and they're due to, get, to go off on some runs here, Jess. They really are, um, our yes, Red Sox. Are. So I think, I think they're going to go off this series. I think they're going to sweep the Rays. I think, obviously, the big guy to just keep after, Evan Longoria, is the big one for um, the Rays. Same thing as always, because it's all they really have. Just keep him in check, and you're probably going to win.
0: Here's a, note, a raised note, too. They put Desmond Jennings in the DL as well, so don't worry about it. Even
1: more of a factor than have to worry about as well.
0: Yeah, the pitching matchups are tonight, Clay Buckholtz against Jake Odorizzi. I hope Buchholz Win. can, can uh, bounce back because Odorizzi's had a better year so far. But
1: On Star Wars night yes, at Fenway Star Park. Wars May night. the fourth be with you, everyone.
0: Right. So, Buckholtz against Odorizzi. You got tomorrow. You got uh, Rick Porcello against Drew Smiley. Win. And then on Wednesday, the pitching matchup is Alex Colomay for the... Uh, who? The race. Who is that? Uh, he's a starter for them. He's, that's a win. He's won. That's he's, a win. I don't even know who that is. He's pitched one game this year. He, uh five innings, no runs, actually. But that's a win. I don't know who that is. That's a win.
1: Who did he play? Who did he pitch against?
0: Uh, the I just had it. Orioles actually. Yeah, that's a win. We got all right. Justin Masterson pitching for the Red Sox in that game. So those are all three matchups there. So we're both calling a sweep in that. All right. So you get three back there. And they're gonna head out on the road and lose focus a little more, beginning of a long road trip, they're gonna be a little less motivated, and I'm gonna have them losing two out of three to their Jays.
1: I know also they have Thursday off again this week. Yes. Which is weird. But two two weeks off, two weeks in a row with a day off on Thursday. Um, I have them winning two out of three against the Jays this week. I'm being optimistic this week.
0: I'm um, always optimistic, so I'm gonna go a different way this time. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna be optimistic, they're gonna take two out of three against the Jays. Um, 5 and 1. Heading into the West Coast trip because the West Coast trip is going to be difficult, Jess. Just a quick tidbit. They're playing Seattle, who's been playing great. Playing Oakland, who's always a tough out for them, and they're playing in Oakland. I like them to get some wins here before they go on the, um, the West Coast trip. They know it's coming. They're going to play a little harder. Um, so, yeah, I like them taking two out of three against the Jays. Obviously, Bautista to watch out for. Jess, what are the pitching matchups for the Jays series?
0: Uh, pitching matchups, they are all, all set here. So, uh, Friday is Wade Miley against Aaron Sanchez. You know, Miley had a pretty good start last time. Sanchez...
1: That's a bit, that could be an do. iffy. That could be the loss, because it's Wade Miley.
0: Yeah, Sanchez has been shaky, though. They expect him to be really good. But he has 21 strikeouts and 20 walks, which is bad. That's not So good. we're
1: looking, looking up for an offensive throwdown. Yeah, maybe a wild
0: on, on on Friday game there. <laughs> uh, Saturday, Joe Kelly against Drew Hutchison. Yep. Uh, That was actually the matchup that already happened this year, and they both gave up a lot of runs. Kelly gave up five, and Hutchinson gave up six. So, fireworks, Friday and Saturday night in Toronto, if you're going to check those out. (laughs) And then Sunday's Clay Buckholz against Ari Dickey, so maybe more fireworks, because at the moment, Buckholz is one and three, and Dickey's zero and three.
1: (laughs) So, fair saying, terrible pitching, fireworks in Toronto.
0: Um,
1: Summertime, so fitting. Go out there and watch the spectacle after the game, even maybe. Get extra innings of fireworks, who knows. But needless to say... When the pitching is equally as bad like that, Jess, I like the win. I like the wins because if they're both pitching isn't great, our offense is just going to tee off.
0: Granted, I know I Tor- Toronto's okay, offense right.
1: is, a, is, is better than the Rays, but I think that they're going to tee off on some pitching. I think you're going to lose the Joe Kelly matchup because Joe Kelly hasn't pitched great and Joe Kelly hasn't learned how to pitch. He only throws as hard as he possibly can. So until Joe Kelly can manage a baseball game, hit his spot, maybe learn to take some off his fastball to paint the corners – they're going to lose. So i I like them to lose the middle game there Joe, against Joe Kelly. So that will be Saturday night or Saturday afternoon, whenever that time that game is. Um, either way. They're not on Saturday night baseball next week, are they?
0: No. no. Good. Get you'll off like, you'll like my thoughts for the series, though. I think that – because I know you love crapping you know, at Clay Buckles, and Since I think he's going to pitch well tonight, I'm going to have the Red Sox winning the first uh, – winning the uh, – sorry. I'm have them winning – Losing the first game, and then winning the, winning the second and losing the third, because Buckholz is fishing the third, and I have him being inconsistent and dropping dropping a game after, yes. after he hopefully wins tonight.
1: Jess, my sir, fitting on May the May 4th. Welcome to the dark side, my friend.
0: <laughs> am Good I turning stuff. in Clay Buckholz? I don't want to, but it's hard. I like it's, it. You just did. You just did. Hard. Welcome. It's hard to have a lot of faith in him. It just is. Jess, I am your father.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the dark side. Yeah. Join the Sith. Right. And the Sith is hating on Clay Buckholes. Um, right, I'm I'm being I'm changing. I am I'm, I'm getting a warm heart this week and saying we're gonna win a Clay Buckholes start. Not saying he's gonna pitch well, but I'm saying they're gonna win. Yeah. Um so that uh that being said, we're gonna end the show there. That was a good good way to end it. Um lot lot going on, obviously with the t- the rough week beforehand. But that being said, Jess, we got an interesting week ahead like we just previewed. I expect some wins. I, I'm expecting them to only lose once, so hopefully they don't lose tonight or they're gonna win f- Uh, Five in a row there.
0: I got him going four and two, so that's good, too. Uh,
1: But, yeah, so great show today, sports fans. uh, You want to engage with your favorite CLNS personalities? Download the Reached app today for the iPhone and Android. Are you a fan of the Celtics, Red Sox, Bruins, and or Patriots? Make your voice heard. Join your favorite show, and our hosts will ask the questions. Maybe your answer will get heard on air. Download the Reached app today at www.reachedapp.com backslash CLNS, and it's R-E-A-C-H-T app. If you, don't, if you don't know the spelling, um, it's a great partner. We ask questions every day, um, so check it out. It's in part, a great partnership we have going along with our Red Sox coverage here on Red Sox Speak for CLNS Radio. Jess, good show, my friend. Good job. Absolutely. Way to withstand the heat outside today. It's,
0: it's good. I got the windows open. The breeze is coming in. I'm feeling good and hoping for a win tonight. It's nice. So uh, until next
1: week. Another great week of baseball ahead. we got 80s most of the week here in Boston. So if you're in Boston listening, enjoy the weather. If you're anywhere else, hopefully your weather's great. I'm sure it is for most of the country. But anyway, enjoy the week of baseball in Red Sox Nation. Um, until next week, for Jess Thomas, my co host, I am Jared Skelly, of course. See you. Go, Sox.